I mean, I don't, I don't, I really don't understand how yeah. hard is it to pick up the damn phone or send an email and just ask. I just was never afraid to fail. And sometimes even I get a little chicken. You know, it's it's natural. It's okay to feel that way, but you've got to feel the fear and just do it anyway. And so, I think one of my greatest fears is mediocrity. Uh, it's feeling mediocre. It's not mediocre as anyone else judges it. It's just me. It's me feeling it. Humans in any act are either running away from pain or running towards reward. When's the best time to do something? Now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not, not next year. It's just now. Just do it now. You are listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on building optimal mental and physical performance into your life, keep listening to the OPP or visit naturalstacks.com. Ryan Muncy is probably the smartest guy I know. Trust me, Muncy is the nutrition guy. Ryan Muncy's out there trying to make the world better for all of us. The Optimal Performance Podcast is bold, edgy, creative, entertaining, and epic. Ryan Muncy is my go-to guy. Ryan Muncy is... First guy I call. Making people's lives better. Ryan Muncy's an innovator. All right. Happy Thursday, all you optimizers. Welcome to another episode of the OPP. Thank you guys for spending some time with us this week. And want to thank our guest, Mr. James Swanick, for hanging out with us today as well. Great to be here. Thanks very much. James, we're looking forward to this. Uh, so for you guys listening and watching, uh, you see that my backdrop's a little bit different today. I'm coming to you guys or recording this in Roanoke at my parents' house. Today is my mom's birthday, so I am visiting the folks to celebrate the birth of my mother. So um, happy birthday, mom. And for you guys listening, make sure you go to naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see the video version of this, the blog post. And in that blog post, we'll have all of the links and resources that James shares with us today. Um, We'll have links to his websites, uh, any of that stuff. You'll be able to follow those rabbit holes and get that information there. Also, please go to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Let us know how much you like the show. If we read it on the air, we'll hook you up with some free Natural Stacks products like this one from Doug in Germany. Doug says, first, I just want you to know how much I enjoy your show since first discovering it a few weeks ago after researching heart rate variability on the internet. You always have great content. I look forward to more episodes regarding the ketogenic diet slash fat metabolism slash gut health and overall optimal performance. So Doug, thank you. Shoot us an email. We'll get you some free Natural Stacks products. And for you guys listening, if the OPP is helping you, if you enjoy it, make sure you share it with somebody that you know. Uh, in your life who will benefit from the things that we're talking about. Uh, so public service announcement is over. James, you're the star of the show today. Are you ready for this? Let's do it. I'm ready. Okay. So quick bio on you for our, our folks listening. According to your Wikipedia page, which I just had to throw that in because you have a Wikipedia page. I think that's cool. Uh, that You are an Australian-American investor, uh, a TV slash podcast host, as well as the man behind what we know in the biohacking world as the blue blocking glasses swannies. So we will cover the swannies and we'll talk about those. Uh, but I really want to get into, you know, I connected with you at the, at the Bulletproof Conference a few weeks ago. That's the first time we've actually gotten across paths. 
Um, your resume it is quite impressive. And as that Wikipedia page alludes to, walk us through your story. I mean, how did you become this Renaissance man with, with a crazy background? Yeah, well, I'm from Brisbane, Australia. Um, and uh, I was a newspaper reporter right out of high school. So when high school finished, I went did a cadetship, like an internship. Mm-hmm. And for about six years, I was writing for a, for a broadsheet newspaper there called the Courier Mail. And then when I was 23 years old, this is uh, in 1999, I went over to London, England, as many Australians do. Um, and uh, I worked at Sky Sports. So I became a sports journalist. I covered like the Rugby World Cup and the Cricket World Cup. American listeners probably don't care for either of those two <laughs> sports, especially cricket. But um, and then I did something really stupid and I fell in love with a British woman uh, who, who ended up breaking my heart. And I I, after four years in London, I'm like, I got to get out of this country. And uh, I didn't really want to go back to Australia. And so I thought, you know, what? I'm going to try America. I'm going to try the, the land of opportunity. So I flew into Los Angeles. I didn't know whether I was going to turn left or right out of the airport. Uh, and this was on September 30th, 2002. I remember the date. And I ended up living in, in a hostel, the Hermosa Beach Hostel for about 90 days, 90 nights, because that's how long you get as a, on a tourist visa. Um, and I worked on a job site in Bel Air, helping, helping some other fellow illegals, uh, build a house. Um, I ended up going back to London for a couple of weeks to get a work visa, which I've managed to, to figure out, came back to the U S, um, started interviewing movie stars like Jack Nicholson, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, and selling the, the, the interviews to magazines and newspapers around the world. So I kind of started up as a freelance journalist. Then I got a little greedy and I started a PR company um, in 2008, but then I lost it when the financial crisis came at the end of that year. Um, went off to Argentina to learn Spanish and eat, eat steak and dance tang- tango for about six months. And when I came back in 2010, I quit drinking alcohol. I haven't drunk alcohol since 2010. I got my dream job hosting a TV show, which was Sports Center on ESPN. And then since then, I'm really my whole life has been. De- focused on um, helping people with their health. You know, I have a program called 30 Day No Alcohol Challenge, which helps people reduce or quit alcohol. And then, of course, I created the, this sleep company called Swanick Sleep uh, with these blue light blocking glasses that I call Swannies that I'm wearing right now, um, which help people sleep. And yeah, I now live in Los Angeles, 41 years old, um, consider myself Australian American and just, you know, living the American dream, I guess. Well, so I've got to know, when you were setting up those first interviews, I mean, just almost no credentials and, and, you know, how did you get people like Jack Nicholson? And, you know, I've seen the picture of you with Jennifer Anderson, you know, so you're getting these A-list celebrities to sit down and do an interview with you. How were you able to, to set those up? Yeah, well, I didn't know how to do it. But so what I did was I literally got a phone book. Yes, we had phone books back then in 2002. (laughs) And I looked up Sony pictures, Warner brothers, Fox, Universal, Paramount Pictures. And I just phoned the reception and I said, hey, um, I want to interview movie stars. Who should I talk to? And they put me through to the publicity departments. And um, only one movie studio called me back. It was Sony Pictures. There was a publicist there called Anna Whelan. And she said, yeah, come on in and I'll, I'll tell you how to do it. So I went in to the Sony office and she just walked me through for about half an hour, 40 minutes and said, you need to associate with a magazine. And you need to be able to get coverage in the magazine and and then, you know, maybe we'll make our stars available to you for interview. And so then I cold called 20 magazines, um, including Loaded Magazine in, in England. Um, and they were all like, eh, maybe, yeah, 
you know, I was, I was saying to them, you know, I'm in Los Angeles. I can interview movie stars for you. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Meh. And then about a week later, the same publicist from Sony Pictures sent me an email and it said, hey, James, we have an interview opportunity with Jack Nicholson next week. He's promoting the movie Anger Management with Adam Sandler. Uh, would you be available to do an interview? And I went, hell yes. And then a week after that, I found myself in the Armitage Hotel in the penthouse suite on Burton Way in Beverly Hills, interviewing Jack Nicholson, just sitting opposite him. You know, he was wearing the glasses, looking really cool. And that was really how it, how it began. And then because I had done a good job on that interview, um, you know, another magazine called me up and said, hey, can you interview Arnold Schwarzenegger for us? He's promoting the film Terminator 3. I went, okay. And then next thing I know, you know, Warner Brothers and Universal Paramount are calling me up saying, hey, can you interview Ben Stiller for Along Came Polly? Hey, can you interview George Clooney for... I think it was called, I think the movie was called Syriana. I can't remember, but, um, and it just started going from there. And that's how I, how I built up a, a freelance business. Nice. So were you nervous during those first interviews, sitting down with Jack Nicholson or Schwarzenegger? I mean, that's, that's gotta be a daunting first one or two interviews. Yeah. I mean, I was really nervous. Um, not as nervous as I was in 2010 when I, when I was doing my sports center ESPN audition. And then later when I was making my debut on TV, um, because in that situation, you know, you're looking into a camera, there's lights, there's people watching you mm -hmm. in the, in the situation with Jack Nicholson, it was just me and him sitting in a room, in a room. And so there wasn't other than Jack Nicholson, there wasn't anyone there to judge me and, you know, um, focus on any mistakes that I may have made. But yeah, it wasn't. I was I, I was certainly nervous, nervous about wanting to do a good job, um, and I guess I was a little starstruck initially as well. Um, yeah. But you know, as with anything, you get used to it, and then you know it just becomes second nature. Okay. Now I know a lot of the stuff that you do through your podcast, and, and your podcast is the James Swanick Show. It, it used to be Becoming Alpha or something. Alpha male. Alpha male. male. Okay, sorry, uh, but you you have this, uh, you coach people, you help people and you know, how much of what you just described that, that hustle that, <laughs> Hey, I'm literally going to get out the phone book. I'm going to go through the phone book. I'm going to cold call all these people and I'm going to put myself out there and, and whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. How much of that is something that you see is, is missing from a lot of the people that first come to you when, when you're helping them? Yeah, I mean, it's missing from most people today, unfortunately. But uh, let me tell you how easy it is. You pick up one of these things. It's called a phone. And then you Google the phone number of someone that you want to call. And then you get the number. And then you go, ch -ch -ch, and you input the number. And then you call. And the worst that can happen is that you either don't connect to that person or that person declines whatever invitation you're trying to make of them. And if you can live with the worst case scenario, which is you've you've wasted two minutes of your time and someone said no, and you can live with the fact that maybe your feelings are a little bit hurt or like, you know, like you've got a bit of lost pride or whatever, then just do it. Who cares? I mean, look at, look at, I mean, all I did was pick up a phone book and call five or six movie studios. And that simple one step led to me interviewing all of the world's top celebrities, you know, um, over many years, making hundreds of thousands of dollars doing it. Um, picking up the phone led me to my Sports Center ESPN audition. Um, when I created my Swanee's Blue Light Blocking Glasses later on, it was simply a case of just Googling sunglasses manufacturer in China, 
finding three or four manufacturers, reaching out to them, albeit not on the phone, it was via email, and just saying, hey, I want to create this style of glasses. Can you do it? And two of the five companies I reached out to uh, couldn't do it, but three of them could, and then it was just a matter of picking the best one. So how hard is it? I mean, I don't, I don't, I really don't understand how hard is it to pick up the damn phone or send an email and just ask. That's right. it. Just well, ask. And it, it's funny when when you were on the hot seat version of our podcast that we recorded at Bulletproof. You know, you're. I remember you said that the best advice you ever got, and what one of the things that you live by is that "do it now." And of course, just do it is the other one. But you know, do it now is just. It's like you said, it's just, hey, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to put it out there. And like you said, the worst thing that can happen is they say no and you move on. And I think in our heads, it's the, the imagination conjures up this, this worst case scenario that is far worse or far scarier than, you know, if I called you and you just said eh, no, or if you didn't answer and didn't call back, like what's, what's the real damage done there? Yeah, well, there, there isn't any damage. I th a lot of it has to do with some, you know, our, our reptilian brain. So back when we were in tribes of about 120, you know, if if we did something that upset the group, then we would be ostracized from the tribe and it meant almost certain death, right? Because you would get eaten by a bear or a wolf or a rival tribe would kill you. And so you always try, you're always trying to fit in to that, to that tribe of 120 people. So I guess inherently now in 2000 you know, 16, we still have that fear of someone like being put out by asking a question or somehow being ostracized from a group. And so this fear stops us from doing anything, from taking any action. I'll tell you this. I interviewed Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, I've interviewed him twice over the years, but I actually got to spend about 45 minutes sitting down with him in his kitchen, um, in his home in, um, uh, also in Bel Air about three months ago. Um, and actually, if you want to see a little video of me and him having fun with my glasses, you can actually just, you can check it out on the, the Swannies, uh, sorry, the Swanick sleep Facebook page. And you can see a video there of, of Arnold Schwarzenegger and me, but he, um, you know, he was sitting on a stool, you know, one of those kind of like three quarter height stools, not mm -hmm. quite like the, the high stools, but not quite normal chair sort of in between. Right. And he's, I said to him, you know, what, what's the secret to your success, Arnold? Like you, you're a seven-time Mr. Olympia, you've been a Hollywood movie star, former gov governor of California, um, you know, and he said, I just was never afraid to fail. And he was, as he was sitting on this chair, he said, if I fall off this chair, if I just literally just fall off the chair, well, how far do I have to fall? It's nothing. It's like two or three feet. It's not going to hurt me. It might like be slightly awkward because I'm falling off the chair, but it's not like I'm going to break bones. It's not like I'm going to die. It's just whatever. And he said, that's the same with any project or any goal or any vision that you have. If you just ask yourself, well, how far do you have to fall? It's like, it's nothing. That's like when, for me, it was like, it was risk nothing and guarantee failure or risk failure and guarantee something, you know? So, um, just, I mean, I just, for me, it's like, just do it. And then, and here's the other thing. I'm, I'm not always perfect. Like I, I, for the most part, 90% of the time I adhere to that. Sometimes even I get a little chicken, you know, it's, it's natural. It's okay to feel that way, but you've got to feel the fear and just do it anyway. Yeah. Well, what scares you and how do you kind of bring yourself back to that, 
um, I'm going to go through, push through and do it anyway? Well, it's just if I don't do it, then I, nothing changes. It's just the same thing goes over, happens over and over again. And so I think one of my greatest fears is mediocrity, uh, is feeling mediocre. It's not mediocre as anyone else judges it. It's just me. It's me feeling it. And so if I do the same thing over and over again and I keep getting the same results, then I feel, I feel mediocre. So for me, it's like, you know, it's almost like running away from pain and running towards reward. The, the, the running away from pain is I don't want to feel mediocre because that sucks. That just saps away at your soul. And then running towards reward is I want to feel amazing and I want to feel a sense of accomplishment and I want to achieve my goals because it, it releases endorphins and in, in to my, my body and it gives me pleasure. So now I'm going to run towards reward. So humans in any act are either running away from pain or running towards reward. And in any moment where I feel that discomfort or nerve nervousness, I just remind myself of why I'm, I'm doing it. Beautiful. I think, uh, hopefully that'll help a lot of our listeners who, you know, are in that moment of, Hey, I want to do something, but there is something holding me back. So very cool. Thank you, James. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. And, and I know that with your new site and, and the, the new title of the podcast that you have, um, you know, I, I love the, the tagline taking your life from average to awesome. So if you can give us a few of your favorite success habits that our listeners could implement. Yeah, well, I actually have a program called 47 Day Habit Hacker, and I put together 47 of the best habits around health, finance, uh, relationships, happiness, mindset that I've that I have learned over the years from interviewing the world's best uh, uh, actors, uh, Hollywood movie stars, and also pro athletes like uh, uh, Tom Brady and David Beckham and Kobe Bryant, Magic Johnson. Uh, and then just habits that I've picked up o over the way. And and you you said the right word there, habit, right? Habit, because everything in our life is just a habit. It's the way you brush your teeth. It's the way you put on your shoes. It's how you go to sleep at night. It's what you have for breakfast. It's the it's the the journey that you take to and from work every day. It's just these little micro habits that have so much influence and power over your life. So I'll just, I'll give you a few, few examples. And I, and I, I do do these in the 47 day habit hacker program. So for exercise, for me to stay consistent with my exercise, what I do is one little habit thing I do is before I go to sleep each night, I get out my exercise clothes, my shorts, my shirt, my shoes, my socks, my water bottle, my gym bag, uh, my towel, everything possible. And I lay it down at the end of my bed on the floor. So when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I see are those clothes. I therefore have the visual cue of, oh, look, there are exercise clothes. And even though I might be thinking, oh, I don't want to work out today. I don't want to exercise. I'm too tired because I see the clothes there right in front of me. And literally to go to the bathroom, I have to either put the clothes on or step over the top of it. It's straight away in my brain. So 99% of the time I will put those clothes on. And now that I'm in my gym clothes, I'm in my shoes, even though I'm kind of like sleepy, I'm going to kind of go to the bathroom, the chances of me leaving the, the house and actually going and exercising just shot up like to 99%. Right. Versus what most people do is 
they'll go to sleep at night and they'll wake up, the alarm will go off and they've got all this intention of, I'm going to go and exercise at 7 a.m. But now they're rummaging around in their closet. They're looking for clothes. They're trying and it's all just a little bit too hard. And they're like, ah, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'll do it. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it this afternoon. I'll do it later. So a good little exercise habit is just prepare your clothing, your, your exercise clothing the night before and make sure you have that visual cue right there. Um, and I'll just give you one nutrition or food and nutrition habit hack. And that is, um, remove it, remove all the crap food out of sight and out of your home. Um, for example, if you've got cookies or breads or sweets or whatever, just go in there, get a trash bag and just throw it out and never bring that stuff into your home again, because whatever you have at arm's length, you will eat. I drank coffee for a while. Um, I don't drink any coffee anymore, but I, when I tried to quit coffee, I just, I, I had this coffee making machine on my kitchen bench and I decided to quit, but I left the coffee making machine on the kitchen bench for two or three days. And for two or three days, I was like in hell because I keep seeing this machine and I'm like, oh, oh. and then finally I broke and I ended up drinking the coffee on day three, day four, day five, and I started drinking coffee again. Finally, when I, when I quit and stay quit, all I did was remove the coffee machine from my kitchen bench and I stuck it in a, um, a, a big tall uh, hallway closet in my home behind like a whole lot of towels and sheets. So now every day I go into the kitchen, I do not see the coffee machine so I don't make the coffee, therefore I don't drink coffee. So a lot of these things is just removing the visual cue and little habits like those, they, they're so tiny, they're so small, they're so seemingly inconsequential but when you add that up over a lifetime or over a year or months or whatever, it makes a huge impact on your health, your well-being, your happiness level. So yeah, there's two of the, the 47. Awesome. I love the one about that, that last one with food and nutrition because uh, as some, I've got a degree in, in food science and human nutrition. I've helped people for years with nutrition. And the one thing that I've always told people is you can't eat what you don't have. And to me, right. I, I love saying it that way because that works for good food and bad food. If, if you don't buy Oreos and bring them home, then you're not going to suddenly wake up one morning and say, well, man, I wish I hadn't eaten those Oreos last night. But on the other side of that, if you're trying to eat healthy, whether it's grass-fed beef or vegetables or whatever, if you don't buy those things and have them in your home, you have zero chance of getting them in your meal when you cook. Right. Exactly. You, you just just get it out of arm's distance. Just get it out of the way. Don't bring it into your home. If you if I open my fridge right now, there's only healthy foods in there. I don't bring crap crap food into my place because I know as soon as I do, I'll eat it, and I do. Yeah. I'm a, I've only got so much self discipline, <laughs> and we all do. I mean, it, it's it's a finite, limited thing. I mean, and it's you can remove like it it's great to think oh hey i will have the willpower and and i can you know have this and not eat it but that's not the case we will all eat it at some point if it's there yeah all right sure so james let's let's shift gears a little bit let's talk about these glasses that you're wearing um you you've mentioned them a few times uh, at the Bulletproof Conference, everybody was wearing them. Um, I put them on, and in the second I put them on, there's just there's less eye strain. It's like your eyes just relax, and it's it, it, that was even indoors. So, so these are really cool. You've got guys like Super Bowl MVP Von Miller. You mentioned Arnold is wearing them. Um, 
you know, how have you been able to convince people outside of biohacking uh, that they need to wear these glasses. I think that's what, what fascinates me the most. And, and, you know, for our listeners, we've, we've talked a little bit about blue light before. Uh, so that's not a new thing to us, but I'm just fascinated by your ability to get these outside of the biohacking community. Well, I wear them a lot. So, uh, in terms of celebrities, you know, getting Arnold Schwarzenegger, Von Miller, uh, the Game of Thrones star, Alfie Allen, who plays the character Reek and, and Theon Greyjoy in, in that show. Um, you know, when I go to events here in Hollywood, I wear my glasses and I bring a spare pair. So I and, and so I'm yeah. So so I don't actually walk up to him and go, hey, check out my glasses. I just walk up to him and introduce myself and start engaging him in a conversation. And then they ask me about their questions. I mean, I remember I went to Seth MacFarlane's house, Seth MacFarlane from The Family Guy, he created The Family Guy. He's having a charity event at his home up in the Hollywood Hills. And the Oscar winning actress, Charlize Theron um, was there. She won an Oscar for, uh, for Monster. She's been in a whole lot of, a lot of movies, South African American woman. And um, I was introduced to Charlize and you know, the person, Charlie's, this is James, James, Charlie's. I went, hello, Charlie's. And she said, oh, what the F are those? <laughs> I'm like, I was like, what do you mean? She goes, what are those cool glasses? And then straight away, it was like a whole conversation about the glasses. She goes, she goes, wow, you look really cool. She, she actually has a, a potty mouth. She's actually, she swears a lot, <laughs> which is quite interesting. And, uh, and I said, here, and I pulled out the other pair, I said, here you go, try on this pair. And she puts them on. She goes, oh, I like these. And then she starts posing with her girlfriends. And then she started asking questions about it. Um, and I started telling her and explaining it to her. And then for the rest of the night, when we went into the, the main uh, poker room area, there was a, it was a, a poker charity event. Um, she was wearing the glasses that I'd given her. I was wearing the glasses. And so all of these people were now asking questions about the glasses. And then all of a sudden, you know, people are interested about it. Likewise, when I'm, I'm not hanging out with, you know, a celebrities or at a celebrity party, I'm just out and about with friends. You know, a lot of times waiters or waitresses will say, oh, I like your glasses. Tell me about those. And I'll tell them. And then they'll start to go, oh, my sleep's terrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm always looking into, into my cell phone and watching TV late at night. Oh, so these glasses, they block the blue light, do they? Oh, yeah. Wow. I really need to try that. And I find most of the time the way to get people really hooked is to actually physically put them on their, on their face. Um, it's like tell them they kind of listen, show them they kind of listen, but actually involve them and have them wearing the glasses. And then they really start to take to take notice. So, uh, a lot of it is just wearing them, engaging people in conversation, asking people about their, their sleep patterns and, you know, how much light they're, they're exposed to late at night. And if, when you do that, people start to get the problem. They realize this problem and, and what it's causing and, you know, all the sleep issues that it's causing them. That's a really <clears throat> interesting, uh, I think we could draw a lot of parallels from that kind of organic conversation piece. Um, you know, if you think about trying to cram new nutrition information down someone's throat, most people aren't receptive to hearing that. Or if we want to talk about a new workout thing, most people aren't receptive. But if then, on the other hand, they come to you and they ask you about it, they see what you're doing that, oh, hey, this person's eating differently or this person's working out differently. I want to go talk to them about it. Um, I think there's, there's a lesson in there for us, all of us in this biohacking space and, and people trying to promote health to others that, you know, there is 
maybe a better way to introduce people to these things that we find so beneficial instead of, you know, being that evangelist yelling and screaming and shouting and preaching that, hey, you need to be doing this. Just, you know, keep doing and, and living what you do and, and then engaging people in it when they ask about it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a lot of people don't, um, when you, when you ask people, start to ask people a few questions about their sleep patterns and about how much of the electronics they, they use, you don't even have to tell them about the glasses. You can say, Oh, so how do you have a cell phone? Do you have a computer? You've got light and thing. And they go, yes, yes. Oh yeah. And how long do you, do you, you know, use your computer each day? Oh, seven or eight hours. And are you looking at your phone like 90 minutes before you go to sleep each night? Yes. Yes. So you haven't even told them what the problem is just by the, asking them those questions, they're starting to get it themselves. They're starting to realize, Oh, there's a problem. Like there's some problem here. And then you've got their interest, right? Like now they're interested. And then it's like, Oh, did you know that too much light at night is, is suppressing your body's melatonin production that all of the blue light that's coming from your computer and cell phone and kitchen light and bathroom light is, is preventing you from creating melatonin, which is preventing you from getting sleepy, which is preventing you from having a great deep rest, uh, restful night's sleep. And that's causing you to store fat, have wrinkles around your eyes, feel tired and agitated all the time. And then, you know, and then you just continue the conversation from there. And then it's, then it's like, yeah, you need to block that blue light and you can do that with, you know, the free app Flux uh, on your computer, you can use Night Shift on your phone, and then you can wear a pair of blue light blocking glasses like these Swannies from Swanic Sleep, and that blocks the light, and therefore you're able to sleep better. Yeah. So that's a, see, see, that's a nice kind of easy conversation. And you notice I wasn't selling, I wasn't pushing, I wasn't anything, I was just asking, you know, and, and people tend to kind of figure it out on their own. Right. You know, with all the, the sunglass manufacturers out there, why have we not seen a big name like Ray-Ban or Oakley or somebody like that uh, manufacturing these blue blockers? Well, I think th there are some brands that like Gunner, for example, uh, is a big brand and they do uh, what they, they say are blue light blocking glasses. The, the big difference is, is what separates ours is that ours is really promoting sleep. So the gunners are good for, for promoting, you know, reducing the blue light if you're using a computer during the day. But it's actually a, a mathematical impossibility that they can block enough blue light to um, allow your mel natural melatonin production to flourish um, because you have to have an orange lens. It's the only way that you can block enough blue light to, to trigger melatonin production. So to answer your question, I don't think any of these these big companies have really caught on to the sleep um, benefits of wearing blue light blocking glasses. Up until this point, it's just been, um, you know, clearer vision or greater focus and, right. you know, reduce eye strain from the computer. And, and that's nice. And that's awesome. And that's super beneficial. And if you stare at a computer all day, you know, grab a pair of, pair of gunner glasses Um Swanee's glasses do exactly the same thing, except that, you know, you do have color differential. So it does block out like the color blue or most of it. Um, so I don't I, I don't think, think they're um, I just don't think that they've caught on to it being a pre sleep pair of glasses. Right. They're, they're promoting sunglasses. OK, sunglasses that you wear outside, but they they're not thinking about pre-sleep glasses. Gotcha. So I, I, I basically 
caught on to the fact that you wear an orange lens, it helps you sleep. So then I said, I'm going to put this damn lens into a stylish frame. And I don't call them sunglasses, although lots of people like to call them sunglasses. I call them pre-sleep glasses. So I think as, as people's um, knowledge about this increases over the coming years, I think maybe you'll see that, which will probably be tough for my business because I'll have more competitors out there. But that's okay because it can be good. Coke loves Pepsi. Pepsi loves Coke because it drives competition and it, it's great for cola, right? So, um, but I do think we're going to see a huge influx of interest and knowledge in this field over the next, next year or two. You said you reached out to a few companies in China and a couple of them were not able to make them. What's, what is holding up the production for the ones who can't make them? They're just, you know, they can't source the right material needed in order to block enough blue light. I mean, we had a few prototypes that came in and they, they were like yellow lens and that's not enough for sleep. It's good enough to reduce some blue light for, for, for your computer, for computer use, but it's not enough for, uh, to promote sleep. You know, we have very strict guidelines that we need. Like we know how, how many nanometers of light you need to block in order to initiate melatonin production. And some of them just weren't able, weren't able to do that. There's nothing really else other than that. The only thing is that you need to ha make sure that you have the correct uh, level or it needs to block the correct amount of blue light in order to allow melatonin to, to be produced. So you can get glasses that are slightly orange or yellow, but chances are they're not going to be able to block uh, enough blue light to allow your melatonin to, to, to flourish. Gotcha. Okay. What other light hacks uh, can we implement in our life to increase energy and you know, live yeah. better? Yeah. So there's a, I just did a video actually on my Swanick Sleep um, Facebook page. I did, recorded it a couple nights ago. Um, and there's a few things here. Um, number one is download Flux on your computer. It's, it's literally an app that reduces the brightness level of your computer depending on what time of day it is. So if the sun sets at seven o'clock at night in, in whatever time zone you're in, at seven o'clock at night, you're gonna notice your brightness level of your computer start to diminish automatically. And that's what Flux does. If you just go to f.lux online, download it to your computer. Um, and what reducing the brightness level does is that it, it allows your body to start producing that melatonin, to start getting feeling like, oh, okay, good, it's time to go to sleep. Um, and it promotes, you know, obviously a better sleeping environment. Um, the second thing you can do, if you've got an iPhone, then you can download Night Shift. Um, if you just go to your settings, you, you do have to have the latest version of um, the operating uh, software on your on your phone. But there's a thing there called Night Shift. Same thing. Um, if the sun goes down at 7 o'clock in your time zone, your cell phone will start to automatically reduce the brightness level to reduce the amount of blue light that's hitting your brain. Um, the most effect, uh, sorry, the third way is obviously wear a pair of um, blue light blocking glasses because that's going to help you block out the light from your kitchen light, your bathroom light, your refrigerator light, the street lights, the car lights, the speedometer in your car, your alarm clock light, like all of that light that hits your brain is stopping you from creating the maximum amount of melatonin that you need for a good night's sleep. So wearing a pair of glasses is vital. The other thing is try to avoid overhead lights if you can. Um, where I'm recording this now, I'm not sure if you can see, but I've, I don't, I'll move the camera down. You can see I have um, living room light lamps. I don't have any ceiling lights. 
So I do that deliberately and I make sure that I have um, a very low uh, wattage uh, or voltage um, um, light bulb. Right. Because the brighter the light, the more it's going to hit your pituitary gland, the more you, it's going to stop you from creating melatonin. So I have very low lights. Um, uh, the best what the best thing that you can possibly do is sit in the dark. It's basically as soon as the sun goes down, don't use your phone, don't use your electronics, don't put on your TV, don't uh, put on the, the lights, light a couple of candles, and that's it, and sit in the dark. That's the best thing that you can possibly do. But I, I can tell by the look on your face that you're not going to do that. So no, uh, actually. No, Neither I, are most people going to do yeah, that. So I, I'm laughing because I don't see most of our society doing that. Um, but no, I, I I agree. I I think I have noticed that uh, we we went to uh, Jamaica this summer uh, and on vacation and got married and and we noticed that you know there was there was no Wi-Fi, there was no internet in our like we had a little villa, so we, it was just it was our little you know villa right on the beach. We had no yeah. TV in there. Um, there's no internet. So it was like, as soon as the sun went down, uh, you know, we'd already eaten dinner. The sun went down. It was like seven or eight o'clock at night. Every night we were there, we were asleep by like nine o'clock. And yeah. you just, you noticed that your body naturally was ready to go to bed earlier. You woke up earlier, you woke up refreshed. Right. Um, so no, I, I'm, I'm not laughing in, in disagreement at all. Um, so question for you, you mentioned, uh, like, lights at night that, that the glasses block. Do you drive in those at night to block out like other headlights? Well, I used to, um, I don't do it anymore. Um, uh, there's some conjecture about, uh, whether you should be wearing these, whether they pass what's called the traffic light test. Mm. So if you're wearing them and you can't distinguish the difference between green and amber and red, then that's a potentially a, a health hazard. You can wearing these glasses, but just to, 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 to be, you know, to initiate good practice, I would say probably don't wear them when you're wearing driving. Look, you'll be absolutely fine wearing them. I know you will, but just for legal reasons to be absolutely safe, I would just say don't wear them when you're driving. Um, but you're fine if you do. Is that, is that, I, I understand. I understand. That's the best way I can probably <laughs> say, say that. So, um, Honestly, the best way is really just put them on a couple of hours before you go to sleep each night. Um, and uh, that's what I do. I mean, I have a few pairs lying around my home. I've got a pair in my, my bathroom, my bedside table, and, and I'm wearing a pair now, which I keep on my desk. And so they're never far from me. And, and if I lose a pair, then it's okay. I've got another pair there. Um, just when you know you're starting to get ready for bed, 90 minutes out, two hours out, just throw on a pair of glasses, keep them on, and keep them on until you turn off the lights and and then take them off before you go to sleep. Nice, nice. Uh, so speaking of the glasses, James, do we have a discount code for the Natural Stacks listeners? Sure. Um, so if you're on a cell phone listening to this right now, um, I will send you a link. Uh, if you want to text me uh, this this word, I'll send you back a link where you can buy the, the Swannies, blue light blocking glasses, and then I'll give you a code. So if you just text the word Swannies, that's S-W-A-N-N-I-E-S, -N -N -E to the number 44222. So literally, if you're in the US or Canada, pull out your cell phone and just text the word Swannies to the number 44222. I'll send you a text back um, 
with uh, a link where you can grab the Swannies. And and on the checkout, if you type in James Card, James Card, J A M E S C A R D, uh, when you go to checkout, I'll give you twenty five percent off um, uh, on buying a pair of glasses. Awesome, thank you, James. We will uh, we'll, we'll put all that stuff in the show notes for you guys as well. So uh, and also just to just sorry to interrupt, but if you're not in the U.S. or Canada as well. Then you can still go to you can just go to uh, swanwicksleep.com, S-W-A-N-W-I-C-K sleep.com. Go to the checkout, type in James Card, and that'll still work for you. Okay, so we'll have all of that on the blog post with links to all of you know Flux, Night Shift. Uh, we'll get a video on how to do Night Shift on your phone, um, so you guys can get all that stuff there. And actually, James, you answered the next question: Where can our listeners get more of you? Yeah, so the best way on the glasses is, like I said, just go to swanwicksleep.com or you can text the word swannies to 44222. My um, personal uh, website is jameswanick.com. That's J-A-M-E-S-S-W-A-N-W-I-C-K. It's spelled swanwick, pronounced swanick. Um, and then, you know, if you're interested in the 30-day no-alcohol challenge, it's 30daynoalcoholchallenge.com. And uh, I have a pretty pretty big snapchat following as well so if you follow me on snapchat which is just james swanick and instagram you can get behind the scenes kind of habit hacks that i do throughout each day you can get more of those 47 uh, day habit hacking tips that i talked about nice nice all right so before we let you go the the final question is the one that everybody on the show has to answer we want to know your top three tips to live optimal yeah, so top three tips would be uh, literally number one is just create good habits around your health and exercise. For me, it's putting the exercise clothes on the floor before I go to bed each night. It's removing all the crap food out of my um, out of my house. Uh, it's avoiding situations where you know there's going to be crap food and things like that. Um, another one would be just say to yourself, just do it. Whenever you feel the fear, just say, yeah, just do it. Just do it anyway. It's okay to feel the fear, but just do it anyway. Then the third success tip or habit hack would be to say to yourself, do it now. When's the best time to do something? Now. Not tomorrow, not next week, not not next year. It's just now. Just do it now. Otherwise, you'll just keep living in this constant state of do it later and procrastination. So try those three. Beautiful. James, thank you so much. Thanks for your time today. For everybody listening, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, make sure you go to naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see the blog post. Like we said, all the links and resources will be there. And please leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know how much you like the show. If we read your review, we will hook you up with free Natural Stacks products. And of course, share the OPP with your friends and family who you know will benefit from what we're trying to do here. James, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for having me, Ryan.